My name is Loretta, and one of the things that's been really, really, really important to me in my life has been the mother. And I don't know how you can explain something like that, because it just always was. It's just something that's inside myself. So because I had so much interest in, in the mother and in Sri Aurobindo, um, I started to read their teachings. Now, Sri Aurobindo was a writer, but the mother was not much of a writer because she was so busy in the ashram, organizing things, working with people. So instead, everyone wanted to hear her great wisdom so much that they recorded everything that she said every time they had a chance. And that's what mother's books are. They're not something that mother sat down and wrote. They're things that she said. So the topic today um, is on peace. And mother wrote, not wrote, mother gave talks on peace. And I have one here that I'm going to read to you. But first, let's talk a little bit about the mother as a teacher. Um, it is the mother who taught the children French in the ashram. And before she taught them French, she was like a mother to every child. There are people who have written their memories of coming to the ashram as small children. And the mother cared about everything that they did. She would see them. She would say, how are you? What are you learning in school? Are you getting enough to eat? And she would give them advice and counsel on everything. And people were so amazed that this woman of such a great stature, so famous and so spiritually famous, knew everything about them and cared about everything that they did. So we set the picture for Mother's teaching. And what we have is we have the schoolroom, and we have Mother there teaching, and she prepared very carefully. She always came with a paper to read, and <coughs> around the mother on the floor, just as you are sitting, were all the students. And they would come from their physical education class. They'd be dressed in their, um, the girls wore what they call kitty caps to keep their hair out of their eyes, because they all had really long hair in those very early days. And they all had on their shorts and t-shirts or their banyans, they would be on the floor very busy writing down and trying to learn. But wherever the mother went, the whole ashram came. Why did they do that? Because there was something about the mother that was so tasty, so attractive, so sweet, that made you feel so good. And I think it's because what she wanted to do was to help people. That her emotions, her feelings, her wish to make people grow just made her such a nice person. And she had such a great wisdom and, and such a great love. And she and Sri Aurobindo both had the idea that there was a big change coming in the whole universe and that people had to be ready for it. And I know you guys hear things like that. People are saying things are moving very quickly, there's a lot of change, there's a great power in the air. Well, a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago, Mother and Sri Aurobindo both had felt it, and they felt it inside themselves. And so when they got together, they decided this is the work they were going to do. 
And that's what they did. Everything they wrote, everything they talked about, everything they did was to help people grow faster. And the ashram was their first place. And after that came Oroville. And people came from all over the world to receive what Mother and Sri Aurobindo had to give. So you have mothers standing up, reading to the children and lecturing the children on the floor. And the whole ashram is standing on the walls behind, listening, even if they couldn't understand French. They just came to, to feel the mother's presence. Now, all this has been recorded. There are tape recordings of mother teaching in French. And I listened after many years. I had a chance to hear these tape recordings. And what amazed me that all these wise questions were mostly asked by the children. That I, had, I would read the question in the book, and I would think, wow, man, what a smart question. You know, like, wow. And then you'd listen, and it would be a kid. Because these kids were really into trying to grow. So I'm going to show you, I brought, so you can really have a feeling, three photographs that were taken. And I'm, I want everyone to see all the photos. And it's a good way that we're sitting. Because I'm going to pass them here and have them go down the lines like this. And every person should take as much time as they want. And then when all the photos have been seen by everyone, then we'll go on with our talk. So here's the first photo, and it describes the scene. You don't see the ashramites in the back, but you see mother standing up, and you see all the children around her. So you just take this and look at it, and you slowly pass it on. And then I have two photos where the mother wasn't so far away, but she was with the children, and she was helping them. So one by one, we'll pass along each photo. And I should tell you that most of these children are still there. And they're teachers in the school. And when I came almost 40 years ago, um, some of them were still in the school. And they all looked really special. There was something about them. There was this glow. There was this light. There was this, this feeling that they were just such special children. And the thing that made them special was the effort that they made to grow and to get better. Because that's the goodness that you feel in anybody. Mother named the center of Oroville peace. And if you just go into the Matramandir Gardens, if you just walk in the Matramandir Gardens, you will feel peace. And it's not, it's not the absence of war, say, or the absence of excitement or, or problems. It's something that's solid. It's something that is its own thing. There is solid, solid peace. And if you sit under the banyan tree, you'll feel a really strong atmosphere of peace. And I'll tell you guys a place that was always really special for me because I came here, when I came here, the Matramandir was just a great big hole in the ground. And I heard about the Matramandir, I'd just come to the ashram, and I took the bus, the Orville bus, and I got off the bus and I was looking for the Matramandir, and there wasn't anything there at all. And I walked a little ways and there was a huge, huge excavation, this huge hole in the ground, 
with stairs cut out of the sides of it. And uh, village people walking up these stairs carrying this red earth on their heads with these cherries. And I didn't really know what to make of it, but after some time I did live at the center of Oroville and I did work there. And I found that the matrimonial that I came to see almost 40 years ago and the matrimonial today that you guys can see on one level in one place is exactly the same. There's a kind of presence, a kind of eternal movement that is there in that place that didn't have to do with the creation of the chamber. It had to do with something very strong that was there. And my favorite place was always the bottom of the excavation. I used to go down there and I used to just sit. And there was just something there. And there's still something there. So that you have, you don't only just have to go into the chamber, which has its own, what it has, but you can sit at the bottom of the excavation, and it's really fantastic. And you can sit under the banyan tree and really feel that kind of peace. Do you know how they found the center of Oroville, the place of peace? Way back, do you know how they found it? Tell me. It was, well, the Bannon tree is the center of Oroville. But how did they know it was the center of Oroville? Mother said one day, there were people, early people, who came very enthusiastic about the new Oroville because it was such a dream, such a special place where special children would be born and special activities and special um, things would be available to the children. So one day Mother asked a group of people to go out and to find the center of Oroville. But there weren't even any roads. There was like, there were no maps that showed anything. This was a very unmapped portion of India. And so they had a Land Rover, a big powerful Land Rover. And they got in this Land Rover and they just started driving. And they just drove up and around because there weren't any hills, there weren't any trees. And they drove, and they drove, and they drove, and they drove. And finally, after a whole day, they came back to the mother to report what they had found. And they said, Mother, we couldn't find anything. The only thing out in the whole place was a little banyan tree. And Mother said, that is the center of Oregon. So then, as the plans for Oroville began to manifest, um, it was pretty clear that the center of Oroville should have the Matramandir. So all the people were having their meetings, like they still have meetings today, to try to get together and agree and feel what's really there so they can all feel it and know they're doing the right thing. And they all decided, okay, well, we got to just cut down this banyan tree and put because that's where the Matramandir goes. And then Mother called them and she said, you know, the banyan tree came to see me um, because you're planning to cut it down. Uh, and so it came to talk to me about it. And she said, why don't you just put the matrimonial on the side and leave the banyan tree right where it is? And so that's what happened. So in her lectures for the children, 
Mother chose a subject, a writing by Sri Aurobindo, and then started to talk about it. Now, why did she choose a subject, and why did the children read the subject and ask their questions? Because she was helping them to grow. And what she did afterwards, they recorded everything and the kids' questions, and they made books. And what are those books called? They're called Questions and Answers. So when you guys have a question, when you have a need to know, as you grow, Mother has left all these teachings, and these teachings come from the children themselves. Now, why a peace? What's the point of peace? Because Mother said the starting of everything that we do goes better if you start from a place of peace inside yourself. You need a foundation of strong peace. She told a story about Sri Aurobindo and how peaceful he was. And she told about one day there was a huge cyclone that was hitting Pondicherry, and she was running around the house, and she was closing all the windows because the wind was coming in, the rain was coming in, and she ran up the stairs, and she ran into Sri Aurobindo's room, and the windows were wide open, and nothing was coming in. No wind was coming in, the curtains weren't stirring, and the, the rain wasn't coming in. It was totally silent. There was such an atmosphere, a solid peace. And she used that as an example so that the children could feel something about what that would mean to develop in yourself this such a solid peace that even the atmosphere around you couldn't be disturbing. And she said that when you can get to that place inside you, people can't disturb you because they come into your atmosphere and they get peaceful. Why is that? Because we're kind of like radios, radio receivers. We receive the vibrations from outside, and what goes on inside of us vibrates and goes out from all of us. And we all have that experience. You can just go somewhere, and you can feel how it makes you feel. Or you can be with someone, and if they're upset and agitated, and then it starts to come in you, and you feel it. So the more you can develop a settled peace inside yourself, the more you make peace all around you. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that uh, your teachers have chosen this subject, because it's a really good starting place. Mother said it was a good place to go from to learn. It was even a good place to go from to eat. Because if you're peaceful inside, your food goes in much better, and you get a better digestion. There is an outer peace, and there is an inner peace. That solid peace is our peace, the peace that comes from us. And I have here Mother's teaching to the children, and somebody asked a really interesting question. They asked, how can we establish a settled peace and silence in our mind? Now, why would anybody ask a question about inside the mind? You guys know, through your lives as you're growing up, you automatically hear stories about great yogis and, and the history of spiritual practice through the world and, and practices, spiritual practices, Buddhist practices, Mother's Yoga, Sri Aurobindo's Yoga. 
And one of the important things to establish in this yoga practice is a quiet mind. Now, why do we want a quiet mind? What has that got to do with Mother and Sri Aurobindo? Well, Mother and Sri Aurobindo, as I said, were working to open up the world and bring down these new things that were coming into the creation. Bringing it down means where does it go? Well, it goes inside us. It makes us more. It makes us wiser, more full of love. And you can actually feel that. If you sit down and you make the experiment and you just try to open to that, you can feel yourself changing. And I think people your age get it better than the adults. Because the adults are full of too much stuff, you know. They've had to fight through their lives to grow up and to do things. And then the outside has come. And you guys are in a place where it's really all around you. You're getting classes in uh, body awareness, and you're learning this kind of on the way. So somebody asks the mother, how can we establish a settled peace and silence in the mind? And here is what mother says. First of all, you must want it, and then you must try. So simple, huh? Then you must try and must persevere. Continue trying. You sit quietly to begin with, and then, instead of thinking of 50 things, you begin saying to yourself, peace, 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 calm, peace. You imagine peace and calm. You aspire. You ask that it may come. Peace, peace, calm. And then, when something comes and touches you and acts, what she means is an exciting thought, or even a thought, you say quietly like this, peace, peace, peace. Do not look at the thoughts. Do not listen to the thoughts, you understand. You must not pay attention to everything that comes. You know, when someone bothers you a great deal and you want to get rid of him, you don't listen to him, do you? Good. You turn your head away. And then they also write what mother does, and mother suggests your mother turns her head away. And you think of something else. Well, you must do that. When thoughts come, you must not look at them, must not listen to them, must not pay attention to them. You must behave as though they did not exist, you see. And then you repeat all the time, like a kind of, um, how shall I put it? Like a kind of idiot who repeats the same thing always. Well, you must do the same thing. You repeat, peace, peace, peace. So you try this for a few minutes. Then you do whatever you have to do. And then another time, you begin again. You sit down and you try. You can do this when you get up in the morning. You can do this in the evening before you go to bed. You can do this. Look, if you want to digest your food properly, you can do this for a few minutes before eating. And usually we have, many people have a practice of sitting quietly before they take their food. You can just say, peace, peace, peace. And I've tried that, and I find it works. I find it works pretty good. And Mother says, you can't imagine how much this helps your digestion. Before beginning to eat, you sit quietly for a while and say, peace, peace, peace. And everything becomes calm. 
it seems as though all the noises were going far, far away, and they write, Mother stretches out her arms, both sides, to show everything is going far away to bring you peace. Everything remains here like this, and Mother shows like this in front of her forehead, like a big wall. It remains like this. It does not enter. And then one is always in perfect peace. But this is something that takes some time. Now, why does she say that? She says that because of the development of people at this point in everybody's life. We're so much more used to activity. We don't have the habit of thinking about establishing a real solid peace from which to act. So this is the beginning of the teaching. So she gives the children the starting place. She says, but at the beginning, a very small beginning, two or three minutes. It is very simple. For something complex, you must make an effort. And when you make an effort, one is not quiet. It is difficult to make an effort while being quiet. Very simple, very simple. You must be very simple in these things. And I think that's a key to everything that Mother and Sri Aurobindo have ever taught, that each thing is very simple. The thing that seems to us to be so much and so difficult is that we see so much of it. Where do we start? What do we do? Not so easy. And she says here, you must be very simple in these things. It is as though you were learning how to call your friend. Because he's your friend, if you call him, he will come. Well, you make peace and call him your friends. And you call them, come, peace, come, peace, peace, come. So that's mother's advice. Uh, Before you go, we can do that. We can sit quietly and just say, peace, 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 peace. 